Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. G'day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. A big show coming your way. We'll preview what was. A fantastic weekend at the Bend, especially for some new faces onto the podium. Good to see Tom Randall get up there, and we'll talk to him about the Bend and other things as well. Richard Crowell will join me in just a sec to do that. Mark Walker joins us. Also, to wrap up what has been a big week in motorsport, our hots and knots, all that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid. Off the top of the program, as always, Richard Crail. G'day to you. Hello, Shebex. Podcast a day late this week uh, for varying reasons. One, the impressive media commitments required by our lead guest after popping onto the supercars podium. Too busy to talk to us at our usually scheduled time, so we've had to delay. And two, the international exploits of one of our team who's disappeared overseas but not so much for car racing this time so we'll have mark walker on the show as always a little bit later on yeah we will do mate and let's talk to our guest because what a fantastic weekend he had at the bend gets his first podium in supercars but not only gets his first goes bang 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 gets his second and his third as well tom randall joins us for that chat congratulations mate a great weekend yeah g'day shabex g'day crazy uh wow just still coming off the high of of what that weekend was all about. I mean, it's it's one thing trying to get onto a supercars podium, uh, but to uh, yeah, be able to get three out of three on the podium and yeah, it was uh, just incredible. I mean, it's uh, real credit to the team for believing in me and, and, you know, all the hard work they do behind the scenes at the track, you know, all our supporters, sponsors, uh, even our, our members, you know, that stick by us. Um, it's just a massive relief, to be honest, and just sort of, like it justifies all the hard work that goes into into this thing. Motorsports a funny world, isn't it, Tom? Because twelve months ago it was you were fast at Taylor Bend, but it wasn't quite the weekend you uh, anticipated, shall we say? Uh, what was the feeling when you sort of lined up on that grid position this year and with clear racetrack in front of you and trying to actually get further than fifty metres up the road? <laughs> well, I figured. Look, my start probably can't be as bad as last year, so uh, yeah. It's, I tried to just block it out. I mean, I guess it was only natural that it was going to pop up in my head. And, and you know, there were people coming up to me and saying, hey, like, congrats, qualified on the front row, but uh, no repeats of last year, please. So there was plenty <laughs> of people reminding me of the situation. But I guess I just tried to make sure that I did my normal procedure, uh, trying to warm the clutch and and uh, get enough temp in the rear tyres, but not too much. So it's a real art trying to get these things off the line because there's no traction control, no launch control. You know, it's uh, there's a lot to it. And um, yeah, managed to not only just get off the line, but we got it into the lead. So it was, uh, it was a good way to redeem myself, I hope. And uh, look, we actually had pretty good starts all three races, but yeah, yeah it was 
good to just get that out of the system and uh, and press on with the race. So uh, it was nice having clear air uh, going down to turn one. I wasn't actually quite sure where to break uh, because I was leading. Normally when you're it's the second row or the third row back in the pack, you just judge it off the brake lights in front of you. But um, I was trying to do some quick maths and I thought, okay, well, we break at the 150 when we are exiting out of the last corner with a lot of speed. So we start on the grid about halfway down. Oh, I'm going to go with about 120 <laughs> metres. So seemed to pull up, thankfully. <laughs> did bowl a wide and uh, we pressed on from there. Was that the race that Chaz went from fifth to second on the start? I had a look at that in car. That was an amazing start. He had launch control. I don't know, but uh, no, look, he had an he had a blinder. He had an absolute blinder, and um, yeah, that probably really set the race up for him. Uh, I think the Walkinshaw guys all had really good starts mm. because uh, Nick had a great one in the last one too. He went from fourth to second, nearly got Brody, but there was a bit of um, bit of stuff on the road. I think out of one from an, an earlier incident, I think in the Porsches, so it was a little bit slippery on the first couple of laps. But um, no, we. Nick and I had a good race, but uh, yeah, those guys were having awesome starts. Yeah, we crashed six cars at turn one just before your race, so that was that was our fault. Sorry, no, um, no, no worries. Yeah, we've just got to make your life a bit more interesting. This year's been incredibly unpredictable, Tom, with the new car. And one weekend you can be a superstar, and the next you can be struggling to get in the top fifteen in quality. But what was it that clicked for you guys? And and it wasn't just your side of the Tickford garage, was it? Because all all of your cars were quick over the weekend, Cam had terrific results. JC was competitive as well. So what clicked? And do you understand what clicked so it can be replicated down the road? Well, I think there's a few parts to that, Richard. Um, the first one is being, because there's so much less aerodynamics on the car, the mechanical setup is so much more crucial now. And we're finding that, you know, half a turn of ride height or, you know, a millimeter adjustment is making massive differences. And, in any other category I've raced in, even in the in the Gen 2 cars, you know, changes that finite were just, you know, unheard of being such a drastic effect. And hmm. I'd like to think that we, we knew we were far, or we knew the cars were good because it, we, we were quick from the get-go and hmm. we backed it up on Sunday as a team as well. So, you know, JC had three top 10 results. Cam you know, was fourth in the first race and then was on the podium with me in the last one. And, and, and as you said, we were on all three podiums and got a pole and we weren't at the top three all weekend. So I think going into the the meeting, going into the weekend, we knew what we were trying to target and we kind of had an idea of, you know, the, the characteristics of the car balance. And, and that was sort of how it played out. Um, it was probably the most minimal amount of changes we've made on the car all year. I think when you're in that window, it really helps because, you know, the guys are doing way less change on the cars. You're not, you're not throwing springs at it. You're not doing massive geometry changes and all that sort of stuff. It's just little bits here and there. And, and, you know, we've been quick as a team, as you said, in the past in the old car, in the, in the cough car. So uh, we weren't really sure if it was going to translate to these cars because they are very different, um, you know, and, and Declan, he actually had a rookie test day there earlier in the year, but that was mm. the pre aero changes which came in at Townsville so again we were not fully sure where we were going to land but um yeah to to come out the box pretty fast was was great and that's a big thing about these two-day formats as well is that if you can come out uh, of the gate or out of the the box quick it really sets up the rest of the weekend because you're not chasing your tail you can just focus on you know little one percenters here and there and um trust me I've been on the 
on the raw end of the deal when it's uh, going the other way. So uh, we only have to wind back the clock to the previous round. And um, yeah, it was, uh, was, was not ideal, let's say. But I think on the weekend, everything just clicked. And another great thing was we, not only did we have, the, I think, the ingredients with the speed, but we executed. And that's one of the hardest things in motorsport, as you know, Richard, is mm. executing everything because there's so much that goes into these races. Even short 20-lap sprint races, you know, it's still... 50 odd minutes in the car and you know you got the start first lap pit entry make sure you don't speed uh your pit stops you know the guys did awesome stops um yeah there's a lot to these races so the uh the podiums mean a lot not only to myself but to the whole team and, and it just lifted the whole vibe in the, in the garage and it, it to be honest probably couldn't have come at a better time mm. it's actually an interesting point you bring up as a Mustang driver, there's been so many changes to this car. Every round, there seems to have been something, whether it be a parity change or whether it be something that you guys are just trying to totally change yourself just to get the best out of it. Has that been frustrating as a driver? Have you had a different car basically every round this year? Uh, nearly, yeah. In, in some aspect or another, yeah. We Like we, um, before Townsville, we were, we were going to go testing, but, um, well, it actually rained out. But what we were going to test when we got to Townsville, as you guys know, we got those aero upgrades or those mm. the aero revision on like the Thursday. That's when they were getting bolted to the cars. So you roll out and practice and you get two half an hour practice sessions on a green track. And, you know, you can't back to back it because that's what you've got. So there's been a lot of changes, whether it's been that sort of stuff or engine mapping, you know, there's, that's sort of been a hot topic as well with the Fords. So, and I think on the weekend, where there was actually a different map that I hadn't driven yet. So um, that a couple other guys got to test. So yeah, it's, um, you know, things keep changing, but I guess that's part of being a professional race driver is uh, you need to be able to adapt to those sort of things as quick as possible. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens at Sandown. I know that they, they tested some stuff at the bend on, on Monday, the day after the meeting uh, on, uh, on a couple of cars, but whether or not they'll be in the cars or on the cars for Sandown, I'm not sure yet, but we do have a, a test of two test days coming up. So uh, fingers crossed if there are going to be changes, we get them before the test day. Uh, you posted on your social media on the day after the event, a side-by-side -side comparison of your pole lap and a lap from your very impressive simulator. And they were basically identical, which was really, really cool. Um, how big a role is that playing in not only your own driving, but um, I know a lot of other people plug themselves in to have a bit of a, a bit of a skid to get themselves up to speed. So just talk about the influence of that. And, and this is a good opportunity to give Dream Simulations a plug here, Tommy, while you're at it. Thanks, Richard. Look, absolutely. It, it's been, uh, for me, a, a massive help. And you see just how much, you know, F1 guys and, F2, F3 guys are in the simulator all the time. And and I think it's, uh, you know, an untapped resource. Um, and, you know, simulators are only getting better and better. And I'm very lucky, uh, you know, I've got a, a bunch of guys in Australia that, um, you know, are like a modding team. Uh, they go by the name ASR. And uh, we've worked together on, on building a Gen 3 car. And, uh, you know, what's really helpful is that with the sim, you can actually extract the data as MoTeC and we actually use MoTeC in the real car. So being able to compare the SIM data to the actual Gen 3 MoTeC data and then adjusting the physics of the car and then the, and the engine curve and the, the aero, you know, the tire model, all that sort of stuff to actually make it feel somewhat like the real thing. And, uh, and then same with the track model, you know, I've got a good team that helped me build 
very accurate track models because I feel like, you know, the closer you can get those sorts of things, the more it feels real. I know it's still a simulator, but um, having it as close as possible and that feeling on the brake pedal, you know, I've got the dash on my sim set up exactly like our tick the dash with the lock lights. Everything is try to replicate as close as I can. And, and for me, I feel like that helps so much. And, uh, you know, rolling out in practice, I feel like, the things that we worked on the simulator with my engineer and myself, uh, we spent about four hours just trying, you know, little different things with whether it was my technique or uh, my driving style, turning points or very minor things that might have only half a tenth gain or, you know, three hundredths gain, but it is a gain. And then mm. when we actually roll out in practice, being especially a two-day format, two rapid half an hour sessions, um, you know, I think it's important to just be on it straight away because that's what's going to... Um, help with whether it's car set up or, or dialing, my, dialing myself in and you know we were I mean I'm not saying it's uh coincidence or anything but we rolled out and we we're p1 in practice one but uh look obviously the car setup is very important too so the guys did a fantastic job in getting the car dialed in and but yeah for myself it helps me a lot and I actually had a friend of mine um who's mates with um Max for staff and he, he forwarded the video to Max and Max replied saying not bad so that was pretty cool that's cool wow does it work the other way as well? Are you able to give the guys at Tickford any data from what you do on the sim to play uh, in your yeah. car? Yeah, I, I help the I help the team with uh, with uh, with stuff as well. Yeah, um, the team do do simming in their own way, so I help them out a little bit with that, uh, which um, yeah, I think goes well. It just allows them to you know try things before we actually get to the track. As I said, being only two half hour sessions, you probably only get mm-hmm. about maybe six, five or six flying laps in each session because especially the track like the bend where you've got a two-minute out lap and a two-minute in lap, it's it's not a lot of time and you're limited on really your tyres in that first practice session. You don't want to chew into your race rubber. So, um, yeah, it's, it's important to, like I said, if you get the cars quick out of the box, it helps so much. But, look, I've been working with uh, my co-driver, Gary Jacobson, as well. He's, he's pretty keen to, you know, see how how he can be faster and he's uh, transitioning to right foot braking. So we've spent a bit of time in the simulator already and uh, it's cool to see his progression there. And he's a great dude that we've got very similar personalities and he wants to succeed. And, you know, it's another way that uh, we can engage. And, you know, when I did my pre round sim stuff with my engineer, Ray, um, Gary was there. And again, just, you know, he jumped on the sim as well for tail and bend, even though he wasn't racing there, just, logging the laps and uh, that dialogue between myself, my engineer and, and, and Gary, it's, it's things that are only going to help, I think, for the Enduros. I was going to ask about the Enduros next and the combo of yourself and Gary, as you mentioned, is a good fun one. Uh, and I think if the media need a quote, that's the garage to go to because you'll both give something very interesting, different to the usual guys. So um, how are you shaping up to the big, bad Sandown 500 in a couple of weeks and then the great race? Um, what What's the, the vibe in the team? And it, it's, we were talking about this in the, the remainder of the show that it's um, it's one of the hardest enduro seasons to pick and reliability could play a role for the first time in a long time. And there's so many variables. It's very, very difficult to plan this race out and just not knowing how it's all going to play out. I couldn't agree more, Richard. And as we've seen, there's yeah, been a couple of issues, I guess you could say, with the Gen 3 cars across the board which, you know, supercars working pretty hard at making sure that or rectifying any issues like that. Touchwood, our cars were pretty reliable on the weekend and, and they have been quite reliable this year. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's a it's a hard race to five hundred. You know, it's the curtain raiser to the one thousand, and you normally see small mistakes here and there between. You know, it could be in the driver change or within the one hundred and sixty one laps of the Sand and five hundred. It's, it's pretty funny and and interesting to think both races are the same number of laps. Yeah. but one's only five hundred k's. So um, yeah, it's it's gonna be good for Gary. Um, he's looking forward to it, as I said, and. Yeah, we can work on stuff in the simulator. We can actually link the two up so we can race each other as well. So just to do some racecraft stuff, which um, I, I do with a lot of my clients as well, whether they're in Carrera Cup, Michelin Sprint Challenge, 86s, Aussie racing cars, um, you know, to, um, you know, other categories. And I feel like that helps a lot, not only for them, but also for me as well. But um, we'll see, as you said, there's so many variables Um we just got to try and minimize mistakes. I think that's what those races reward. A lot easier said than done because you're pushing pretty hard. Hmm. We don't know what the tire deck's going to be like. Um, we have seen this year, obviously, the Gen 3s degrade more. But, yeah, Sandown's an interesting one. So we've had really good speed there in the past as a team. That was where I got my first supercars podium with Lee Holdsworth back in 2019. Um, and we were pretty strong there last year. But, again, Gen 3, it's different kettle of fish so we'll see how we all roll out but i think you know coming off the the event we just had it's such a great morale boost for the team and i think everyone's just got that pep in their step now and um we're pretty pumped to head into the enduros yeah bathurst could be the first uh race ever that a supercar team has taken 17 steering racks <laughs> along just to make sure things are okay race rack change perhaps <laughs> uh well don't be surprised now hopefully we don't have oh, that, or that. any teams have that for that matter. Um, just on some other news in supercars as well, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, talk that the possibility of Newcastle might be leaving the calendar just due to the fact that uh, residents aren't too happy with the way things are going. And uh, also the category going back to New Zealand is uh, is a bit of fun for you guys as well. Well, the thing about our news, our Newcastle, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, I guess. Look, I, I love racing there and they've had some amazing crowds come to that race. I remember the first year, I wasn't there, but I was watching on TV and I think the the, the crowds were like five rows back around the whole mm. track. So uh, and there's people hanging out of all the apartments and uh, it is an amazing spectacle racing there. Um, it's in terms of the actual race itself, you know, it's it's a tough track to pass on. For qualifying and practice, it's great. But for actual racing, it's a tough one. But, yeah, in terms of whether or not it's on the calendar, um, yeah, I'd love for it to be on the calendar again. It's, it's uh, as I said, it's it's a great way to start the year. But I'm, that's out of my control what happens there. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty excited for, New, uh, for Taupo. New Zealand, you've got Newcastle, New Zealand. Mm. Uh, yeah, Taupo is a, a fantastic facility. I got to race there a couple of times in the Toyota Racing Series back in 2015 and 2017 and really suited those types of cars uh, lots of undulation um you know it's got a long back straight leading into like a fast sort of chicane and it's it's hard to get right you've got a hairpin at the back leading onto the chicane that there's so many different ways of taking it so i think every lap i took it in a different way so um yeah it's a it's a fun track it's going to be interesting to see what the supercars will be around there. I mean, they've, they've had super tours there for, for many years. Mm. So um, I think a few of the guys on the grid have probably raced there. Um, I think uh, Cam might have raced there. You know, Andre, I'm sure Shane's raced there. But, um, yeah, there's, it's going to be cool. I think it's really important for, for the category to be racing back in New Zealand. And 
it's nice that uh, we're going back so soon. Uh, well said, mate. Good stuff. Congratulations on the weekend. Super yeah. job. It was great fun to watch. And I've never seen the media excited about a driver coming to a press conference either. There was genuine buzz when you wandered into the press conference room and everyone was excited to see you, which is great. It's a refreshing change after some of the events we've had this year, Shebex. Can I just ask one more, Tom, and it's in regards to you and next year in the future. Has there been discussion? Has there been any confirmations? Or do you know what you're doing beyond 2023? I think that's probably a question for Tim, I would say. Uh, I'm just focusing on just trying to execute, you know, like... Before the weekend, there was so much, so many rumours going around about every driver, you know, who's going here, who's going there, personnel changes, you know, like, oh, this engineer is going here or whatever. And just trying to not worry about that because at the end of the day, like, that's just, um, you know, background noise. And I think the best thing you can do is is produce results. And it's so hard to do that in this category because mm-hmm. we know it's one of the most competitive tin top categories in the world. So, I just want to knuckle down and, you know, I was speaking to my engineer, Ray, and my mechanics, uh, Corey and Xavier, and we all said, look, let's just do what we do best and put our, you know, our best foot forward and, and focus on where we can find the speed. And speaking with our, we've got a, a team uh, team trainer and, and, and coach, AK, uh, caught up with him before the weekend. He said, look, you just need to focus on what you can do, as in I, what I can do to be as fast as possible and and worrying about that sort of stuff wasn't on the list. So, uh, yeah, I think just worrying about being quick and to come away with what we did on the weekend, second on on points for the round as well. And, uh, yeah, three podiums. Hopefully that's that's enough said. Gee, that's a good answer. It's enough for us. We'll we'll work with that. And (laughs) we know that you have a meeting with your team trainer in half an hour's time, so we better let you go and get ready. For it, mate. Thanks for your time today. Really do appreciate it. Once again, really heartfelt congratulations from all of us in regards to what happened at the bend. And let's hope it continues to be a thing for you. I really appreciate that. Thanks for the chat, guys. And looking forward to the Enduros. Well done, mate. Tom, Tom Randall joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right. Joining us for the second part of the program, as he always does, from downtown where the hell are you, Mark Walker? Well, like the rest of the supercast paddock, I'm chasing fame and fortune in NASCAR, and unfortunately, <laughs> I've wound up in Germany. So, you got on the wrong connection, didn't you? By there, yeah. my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, we made a mess of that. But a peek behind the curtain. I'm a morning person, and mm. when we normally record these at eight, nine, ten o'clock in Melbourne, that's not me at my best. And here we are at what is it 12 30 p.m this is prime time this is as good, good a podcast as you're going to get out of me ever well yeah, no pressure so it's 8 30 p.m melbourne time <laughs> and uh Shebex and i have both had long days yeah by the looks of things so uh as you listen to this folks on thursday morning our time i have no idea what that is if you're in europe uh good luck to you this could go anywhere but uh stand back when the hots and knots appear i would imagine that mark's had uh 15 hours on a plane to think of many well, this is actually a great thing because there'll be people in Germany who listen to the Radio Show Limited's well, RS1. Well, well, that is true. Who have always wanted but, to chase down Mark Walker for a chat. Now they can meet I'd him say, in person. I'd say Can we do a TRT the, beers in Germany with Mark Walker? Well, that's a nightly occurrence, yes. It's just going to be me. But I'd say the, the neighbours here will also get a dose of podcasting because uh, I'm trying to keep the window open because it's bloody hot. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it would be. 
It's such an Aussie thing to do is to go overseas and complain about how hot it is. But we'll happily sit through a 45 degree summer day here at the MCG with no dramas whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. but we're set up for that. You keep yeah. cool. You drink a million litres of beer or you have a window I, open or air conditioning on or you're hot. Sitting, sitting in a swimming pool. It was hot when I was over there in France, not far from where you are now. And they just don't do heat particularly no. well, do they, the Europeans? Oh, their their next fifty or, their next fifty or sixty years are going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what else is hot, and I don't want to preempt our hots or not, but gee whiz, has there not been some talk around the paddock and supercars in the last few days? Well, My goodness gracious me! It, it's not so much a silly season as a completely stupid one, is it? Um, That's the absolutely silliest ever of ever of all time. And and yet, and yet, barring one Barry Ryan blow up it's been rather civil hasn't it like if you look at the way this has all played out it's actually been quite courteous and announcements have you know there's been an announcement of drivers leaving and then six hours later there's an announcement that he's signed for somewhere else and it's all very friendly and everyone's released people and everyone's just getting about the business of going car racing so it's a very civil silly stupid season but man, there's a bit going on, and next year's grid is going to look very, very different to where we're at. And uh, I suppose we learn if continuity is a good thing in the sport or not. Is there a chance that Craig Lowndes could be the only person to sign with the same team? <laughs> well, and he's not even a supercar driver. Who's not on an existing contract? Yeah, yeah exactly. it's actually not a bad, not a bad shout. Uh, it is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through the changes that have happened because I, I think it's important. I, I'm sure everyone understands it, but we've had. The have, domino, you these, or, have you written these down? Because I well, have not. Well, I've sort of got them in my head, I think. I've gone through it. So we had the domino of Will Brown leaving Erebus to go to Triple Eight. Mm-hmm. That was the first domino that fell, and that seemed to fall, then cause a whole lot of other ones to follow, such as Jack LeBrock then comes and replaces Will Brown at Erebus. Richie Stanaway then replaces Jack Brock at Matt no. Stone Racing. No, that's incorrect. No. 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 Would you Sorry? want to edit that out or would you just No, like no, to no, no, leave on? that in because I'm, I'm extremely confused. Work <laughs> no. through this with me, please. Because Jack LeBrock's going to Erebus. David Reynolds is leaving Grove Racing. Yeah. His contract was not renewed. So he oh, departs. Stanaway's to Grove. He departs the Grove. Stanaway goes to the Groves. We fully expect David Reynolds to replace Scott Pye at Team 18. Yep. With or without his pen right backing, we're not sure. Um... So there's now an open seat at Matt Stone Racing and they want someone with experience. And there were lots of links to James Courtney there, but now Nick Perkat is a free agent and has departed the Walkinshaw Andretti United stable, or will do so at the end of the year. And again, that was all very civil. Thank you, Nick, yeah. for your time. We didn't go the way we planned, but anyway, let's let's bring it home with a flurry. Um, watch him win Bathurst now. Um, and so he's out. So I wonder if MSO... MSR go down the option of uh, of a Nick Perkett rather than a James Courtney, who appears as definitely leaving what we expect to be a reduced Tickford Racing. Uh, have we missed anyone in that shuffle? Well, the thing with JC is that he's got some Snowy Rivers caravan mm. cash in his pocket, and that's something that Matt Stone need, if the rumour mill is correct, that Truck Assist will be going from there. Uh, mm. NTI already sponsor Walkinshaws, so... That's the same company, same brand, same people that they'll be dealing with. So if that becomes truck assist racing or whatever, that's not actually much of a change at all there. No. So it's going to be interesting because, yeah, Walkinshaws will need a new person there. And it 
sounds like it won't be Fabian and it's not definitely not Nick anymore. Of course, Nick comes good as soon as uh, it's announced that he's going elsewhere. He finished fourth in the last race on the weekend. So that Bathurst win that I talked about a little while ago is definitely on the cards, isn't it? Well, another 10 looks like there could be a Bathurst win is a car that has two Bathurst winners in it. Of course, Dave Reynolds, who's leaving Grove, has been given Garth Tander as his able assistant. That comes up as a very good car now. Yeah, they're dead set Smokies for the great. Well, they're not oh. Smokies, are they? I think they they probably in the in the reasonable group of favourites for that race in what is going to be a wide open one. We'll get to Bathurst predictions once we get through what I'm sure yeah. will be a chaotic Sandown 500. But yeah, so WAU still has one seat. Then? Yeah, which it'll be Rhymewood. Yep, surely, because there's perfect links there. He's got backing from Mobile New Zealand. So that ties in with the backing from Mobile Australia that that team has had forever. Um, he's a fast young guy. The team know him. They've worked with him in Super 2. Um, he might be a, a fairly wild little unit for a year or two, but I think that's okay when you've got someone like Chaz in the other car. So, um, And best of all, he's probably quite cheap, I would imagine. So they'll probably save some pennies as opposed to what they'd be paying Nick. So decent stuff. If you're Andre Heimgartner and you're in a team that <laughs> BJR's one of the few teams that not going to have any change going into next season by the looks of things. It's um, you're all of a sudden you're looking pretty good, aren't you? Hmm. So if we, if there's talk about a reduced uh, number of cars at Tickford, then two, who are the two that we are predicting stays? Is it water and rent waters and well, waters has got a deal. So who would you pick? Who, who stays there out of, Super 2 champion Declan Fraser out of Tom Randall, who got three very impressive podiums on the weekend, or 2010 Supercars champion James Courtney. Who do you pick if you're going to two cars? Well, I think the upside has the two young guys as obviously probably the favourites. Does James Courtney still have an upside to him? Been a while since he stood on a podium, so that may determine that. Uh, Tom Randall had a great weekend at the bend showed some form so it's a tough one there's no doubt about it i mean castrol clearly like tommy randall don't they so yeah. uh they've pumped a lot into him over time and jc has been known has been seen shopping his sponsorship around so uh, you don't go doing that if you're locked and loaded where you were so uh it all everything seems to be pointing that it'll be a, a downgrading to two cars there which is interesting and uh then you look at the cool drive side of things where they're set to expand to two cars. Everything they've been saying and doing has been pointing in that direction and where they go with their drivers. That's uh, going to be an interesting one, isn't it? So Courtney goes there alongside the rumor is Aaron Love in steps up from Super 2 into the main game. I mean, Aaron was around that garage a lot on the weekend there. I mean, uh, well, he probably had a bit of spare driver. time, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting to see him there quite a lot. Mm. So if that's the case, what happens to Todd? Well, he he at the moment appears to be the odd one out, and and I no one's everyone sort of said he's leaving BRT, but no one sort of said what the reasoning for that is and why. That's that's been one of the strange ones, but it, it sounds like they're going for a full clean house at that team, was they expand to two cars. So yeah, it's a strange one. Mm. So the two licenses at Tickford, what would happen there? Do they get well, shelled by supercars or well, one one goes one goes to, one goes to BRT, racing, okay. one goes to BRT, the other one gets parked. And the reason they want to park one is to get to twenty four cars, which is the perfect number for freighting mm. for 
air freight to get cars uh, across the ditch for starters, of course. And then they've obviously got broader international plans at some point in the future. So 24 is the number um, to make the freight much, much more manageable and more affordable for uh, for the series. So um, that's why they want to get down to 24. Well, speaking about sending cars over the ditch, it's been also confirmed that Taupo, is it? or Taupo? Taupo. Taupo has been uh, announced as the new venue for supercars, replacing Pukekohe. Yep. Good. End of statement. Uh, <laughs> look, you know, you, everyone talks about Highlands sort of thing, but uh, Highlands isn't exactly massively accessible to vast parts of the New Zealand population. Uh, Taupo, great uh, holiday destination. If you're from Australia, I'd much prefer to go on holidays and spend a week and a few extra days either side of a race meeting there than in Auckland, which is may as well be Sydney or Melbourne. Like it's just a, it's a very pretty town, but it's just a big city sort of thing. But uh, you go down there and it's a really good touristy sort of area. So they've got all the accommodation there in place. Um, that looks like it'll be a, a good little meeting in a, in a Tony Quinn racetrack at that. And to save our listeners uh, on RS1, go into Google Maps to find out exactly where it is. It's three hours south of Auckland and three hours north of Wellington. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's bang in the middle of the North Island by a big mountain and a lake. So all, all ticks a lot of boxes for mine. Yeah. It, look, I, once, I once caught a really uh, big and ugly trout on that lake. So oh, that's, really? Uh, really? Oh. My tick of approval. Yeah. Uh, what, what Did you eat it? Yeah, it was a karaoke uh, fishing cruise, which is what you do. Uh, when you're in that part. So I won the biggest fish, which was a drink of my choice, and the ugliest fish, which was a Long Island iced tea. Oh, excellent. No, what was your drink good. of choice that, out of interest? No. I'm sure it was just What was your song of choice on the karaoke boat? Oh, I don't know. That was 20 years ago. Oh, okay. I, I can I, barely I, remember what I was doing five minutes ago. You are in Germany. I, I, what, karaoke and Mark Walker's an interesting little mix that... Uh, boggles the mind somewhat interesting oh, no but i think we're looking forward to topor it's um yeah look i mean the number one buy it doesn't it never really mattered what racetrack they went to right they to Let, back, let's be yeah. honest they had to go back to new zealand because yeah. it's such a big market for the sport it's so important they go there there's a massive fan base a massive audience they need to get the date right everyone's saying it's going to be the week before anzac day so that actually makes a bit of sense you can make a bit of um, a bit out of the Anzac Day thing as well, which I think is nice. There's a lot of the Trans-Tasman stuff around that. So, Did we try Anzac Day over in New Zealand a couple of years ago? Or was there yeah. talk about it happening? Yeah, we no, did. we've done it before. We've done it, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they want to race on Anzac Day or yeah. that weekend, but um, the week before makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I'd like, frankly, I'd like to do a dawn service in New Zealand. I think that would be an excellent mm. experience. Lovely. Um, so, look, I think it's good. I'm unconvinced about the circuit itself. Um, it, there's a lot going on there. It, it, it's a lot of corners. There's one long straight. I don't know how, what the product's going to be like. New Zealand racing's been okay there. The, the Toyota round over summer for TRS was decent. 86 has produced good racing, but then they'd produce good racing on a goat track. So um, that's probably not a fair indication, but... They had to get it done. I think it's in a decent location. It's in a, a spot that's geared to carry people, to accommodate, as Mark said, um, and to cater for that crowd. So it, it seems like it's the right option. And, um, you know, Quinny will put on a, a decent show. And the fact that they've managed to get some New Zealand government, national government support out of it is a good thing as well. So I plan to go. I think it'll be a great experience. Yeah. And 
give us an opportunity to check out some more of New Zealand outside of that Auckland area, which will be great. Anzac Day next year falls on a Thursday. So you could have Anzac Day on the Thursday and then race the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. After it would be just about perfect, wouldn't it? Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of new, Newcastle may be uh, struck off the list very shortly. There's a, a council survey that has been done and apparently people don't want it anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. Out of contract you... too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There, there's some chatter around the paddock that there's an option for one more year there um, because they lost a year in COVID um, that was, that's been floating doing the rumors and floating around whether that's true or not. I'm not sure. So hard to comment on that. Grasping at straws though. Well, I mean, if you, if you did like the issue is all the residents that live in and around the circuit, right? Because those surveys that came out that have been reported in our media are that, you know, they were particularly bad by people that lived in the area, but, if you go 20 minutes outside central Newcastle, they were overwhelmingly in favor of the event happening, which makes complete sense. So maybe, maybe if you can squeeze one more year out of it, maybe that gives you 12 months to find somewhere else to put it within Newcastle. I don't know. There's gotta be, it's a big city. There's gotta be other places you could have it that don't affect so many of those, um, those residential areas, maybe down on the foreshore, that Esplanade area, as you get down towards that part, but it's a lot more commercial, a lot less residential. I don't know, but maybe if they can buy one year, it gives them 12 months to, to find another location for it. It'd be a massive shame to lose that event. Mm. It, it, it's a really cool event. It, 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 I think it's great for Newcastle. And, and as we've said oftentimes on this track, uh, this podcast, that it's a city that none of us would have bothered going to had it not been for a supercar race. And now we go there and we have a great time and we eat at the pubs and the restaurants and, it's it's a pleasantly surprising place to go and visit. And we'd never have a reason to go back there ever yeah, again. No, exactly. We'd no. just continue to continue live our up. lives without Newcastle. Without <laughs> Newcastle in it. Exactly right. Which I think's a loss because it's a good place. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully they can squeeze a year out of it and maybe move it. I don't know. Before we uh, review the bend, uh, that's pretty much most of the stories, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, there's a bit going on. Yeah, what else we got? No, I think that's that's about where we're at. Yeah, I think it is. Let's review the bend then. Great weekend for Brody Kostecki coming back from the states, jumping into his car and having just a lovely winning weekend. So first or second in five of the last six races, Brody Kostecki, uh, eighth in race two in Sydney, of course, but solid points. If he wins a championship, that's the weekend he looks back on and goes, yep, that was where it all came together, wasn't it? I mean, that was a dominant weekend if there ever has been one. And at a weekend where the Fords have finally got their you-know-what together, but there, he was the only Chevy in the mix all weekend long for the most part. So what's it, 137 points, 600 points in the double driver races coming up. He'll be there with uh, Coity, with Dave Russell. Obviously, Dave's been going awesome at Bathurst with Brody in recent times. So, you know, if it was a few years ago, you go, oh, no, he's got Dave Russell. Dave Russell's a bloody gun these days. Whatever happened with him going to Erebus, it unlocked whatever Dave Russell needed to go quick. And mm. he's been really fast to podium a couple of years ago and almost on the podium last year. So, you know, Stanaway and Van Gisbergen versus – that's the pairing there, isn't it? Because Brock will be with Jamie. Yes. Uh, that's going to be interesting. And, you know, Shane's now second in the points uh, on the weekend. The 
Red Bulls were never really in the conversation there. Uh, he had a weekend of fives, five, five, five in the three races and five steering racks thrown at it too. So uh, <laughs> Crazy. had to go and borrow one for the last race just to see him out into the track. But uh, that that's going to be telling too. How's reliability going to come into it uh, at these longer races? Mm. Yeah, that's going right. to be a telling factor. It's all good saying I've got a, a good driving combo and we're going to be fast and do all the right things. But if your thing just falls apart for no good reason, like these cars have kind of been doing to an extent lately, yeah. Uh, it's it's really anyone's. It's the first endurance season we've gone into for I don't know how long where you do actually go, yeah, these things might not make it. Yeah. Like when was the last time we ever had that problem? Because yeah, supercars have been bulletproof for yeah. years. And and it's Bathurst is a thousand K sprint race because of that now, and Sandown's been a five hundred K sprint race because of that. But we've got I, so used to two or three safety cars at a Bathurst down. Yeah, but you go into a Bathurst in the eighties and nineties and you never knew when your Sierra was going to detonate a turbo. So yeah. I, I actually, I actually quite like it. It's, it just adds a little bit of intrigue and that little bit of mystery that, yeah, if it's a boring race, you never know, but you know, Van Gisbergen could be leading by 25 seconds and then have a steering rack fail at the metal grate. So all of a sudden that uh, spices things up, doesn't it? So yeah, I, I, it's quite compelling, actually. It's quite a good good storyline. What else from the weekend? Will Brown, awful. Well, yeah, he's had the biggest turbo blow-up of all, hasn't he? That, I mean, from being a leader in the championship to remaining a contender to now being fourth and 260 mm. points off. It's 258 points off. That's just yep. a shocking weekend for him. But, but it was a strange weekend for several people within the top 10. Andre Heimgartner, you know, worse than being slow, yeah. which he wasn't really. He was just anonymous. He was never really in the conversation. 10th, 10th and 12th. Jack LeBrock, who's well inside the top 10 in the championship. New deal. 15th, 25th and 10th. Um, so the 25th, obviously, in race two with the, the start dramas. But so that was strange. Um, it was a bit bipolar, look- wasn't it? Bryce, Bryce forward, 21st, 8th and then 23rd. Like, what, What's going on there? But even Brock Feeney missed a Sunday, sixth, ninth, yeah. and last after he got drop kicked by Reynolds at last corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And and then you get drivers down the order where, you know, Thomas Randall has an amazing weekend, career best performance for him. Matt Payne, really solid mm. weekend, seventh and sixth before an eighteenth in that last race. But he was very competitive all weekend long. And in fact, both Penrite cars right back on the money after a really shocking stretch. Um, you know, David Reynolds hadn't been in the top ten since Wanneroo and then found a fourth place in the second race on the weekend. And um, Matt Payne was good. But then Nick Perkett pops up and finishes fourth on Sunday. So yeah. it's certainly uh, it's certainly got that variability about it at the moment. And that's why we find Kostecki and SVG at the top, because they've been by far and away the most consistent out of everyone so far. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Just a, the massive, massive swings from one race to a next at the moment. And isn't qualifying still... Very compelling. <laughs> Extremely. How yeah. good is it? It's just ferocious. And you just do not know who's going to end up anywhere on the grid, let alone on pole. But even oh. that last race, it's like, well, all right, we got upsets, upsets. And here comes Brody, four tenths in the field. Like yeah. that's finally started to flex his muscle there, hasn't he? Like uh, that uh, weekend over in the States certainly did him no harm. Yeah. I, I, like the four tenths isn't. Brody's four tenths quicker than anyone else. It was just like right lap, right time of the session, punches it in. But yeah, it was that was a hugely impressive performance. But the way he measured that weekend was just 
super, super impressive. So, yeah, good stuff for uh, for young Brody and a big weekend from a championship point of view. I thought so it was a good Ford weekend. Fans, are Ford fans happy now with parody? No, of course they're not. No. <laughs> it was their best weekend of the season, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, but they're not going to be happy until they win every race. But that's... That's not the well, point. Just, they, they just need to win a race. Would yeah. be a start. Yeah. So yeah. if it's Bathurst, then everyone's going to be happy yeah. with the season. Yeah. But the irony is, had they not won, had Brody not been there, they would have won all three races on the weekend. No problems. Easy. Away they go. Tommy Randall Supercars race winner. Wouldn't that be a great story? But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's so it's still hard to read. And you know, they've they've come out the Ford camp in the week after the event. Of course, they have going. Oh, we can't read too much. There's not much tie dig at the bend and blah, blah, blah. Of course, they're going to say all that because they're still going to talk the parody stuff down. And realistically, we're still not going to know. And they were pounding around there on Monday trying to find some more parody tweaks. But um, certainly there was no indication of um, anything lopsided on the weekend. You just got Brody in peak form. And, um, and Tickford did a really good job. We got good Tickford on the weekend, which was yeah, great. Well, speaking of Tickford, uh, Cam Waters took the team orders a little bit better than Shane Van Gisberg in a couple of races ago, didn't he? Just. Yeah, slightly different places in their lives, I feel. Yes. <laughs> the two of them, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, but uh, it's probably fair enough too. Totally. You know, it's not like there's any great championship no. implications there. You know, Cam's wobbling around back in sixth, so it's not like... Uh, those few points there would have made much of a difference. And, you know, ultimately did it cost them catching the next on the podium, getting better than third. Mm. Probably, probably did, you know, that they, mm. all right, the pressure's off. All right. We can just circulate here to the finish. If they kept the pressure up, there was a chance that one of them would have fi- finished second and third sort of thing. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. At, least, know, the reason, at least the reason wasn't to give Tom Randall a round win. <sighs> Whatever that is. I don't Whatever even... that is. <laughs> How can you celebrate 600 rounds when you don't award a round winner? Like, just seriously. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I thought it was a good weekend. Um, well done to the Bend on a pretty good event. Uh, second highest crowd they've ever had since their inaugural event. And I'll touch on a few more things in there in the hots. But um, it was a good weekend. Enjoyed the biggest it. crowd they've had since it was called Shelfies Power Motorsport Park. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're batting 100 there. No yeah. doubt. Yep for sure. But it was, uh, no, it was good. Good support program. Um, pretty packed action, packed stuff going on in the, the supports, which is good. So well done. Cooper Webster and S 5,000 sort of smoked everybody there. Bit of last lap drama in Carrera cup, which was good. Um, is that your fault? No, I had it was your just, fault. Let's just not talk about that, please. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was good. TCM was excellent there, wasn't it? Really good race. First time in the bed, wasn't it, for TCMs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's... Joel Heinrich uh, from the clouds, just mm. first time there, and turns out, good steerer. Can drive. Capable. Very capable. Mm. No, it was good stuff. So, good weekend. And uh, race three of the Toyotas. Uh, I'm probably stealing your hot here, Mark, but uh, yeah. race three of the Toyotas was spectacular. That was a very, very good car race. Their 100th race, and... Uh, well done to the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 Series to give it its full name. Even the Super Utes, that second race for the Utes, was yeah, brilliant. an absolute clanger, and uh, that sort of made up for the last race. That was not a clanger. Which was a they, clanger. They clanged. clanged hard, didn't it? Yeah. It's been it's been waiting for it to happen, though, hasn't it? We've been just waiting for an absolute Super Utes meltdown. Wow. It was bound to happen once they started getting some cars on the grid, and yeah. unfortunately, that's sort of a side effect. So... 
yeah, disappointing for them and I'm sure frustrating for the category, but uh, enjoyable nonetheless for uh, their racing when they were on. Yep, supercars done and dusted. Formula Ones are back this week after their summer break and uh, you jumping in a Mercedes, Mark, and taking the four-hour drive to Holland for the Dutch Grand Prix. Oh. I think it's a bit more really than four get, should, well, it depends, how, depends how aggressive you drive around here. I'll tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty racy out there. Uh, no, probably should though. Got, at least I've got to figure out. Well, yeah, I guess. Right. Surely there's something closer to home. Closer you can drop in. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're still Do you really want a weekend at Zandvoort with 150,000 Dutchmen? I doubt and you're going to get a ticket. If you well, can't get a ticket to the Australian Grand Prix, what chance are you getting to Zandvoort? <laughs> Correct. Correct. If it was Monza, you would go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't have to I wear guess. orange. Well, yeah. It was a life choice people it's make. Set, set off flares and get your face blown up. Yeah, off. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But bring back bring back Hockenheim for Mark so he can go to a German yeah. Grand Prix while he's there visiting the Brellies. Is this well, a disappointing well, uh, is this a disappointing GP to have first one back after the summer break? Because it really is a boring track. Uh well it's it's spectacular track. In qualifying, but it's not a particularly good racetrack, is it, for no. racing? Uh, yeah, I mean, Max is going to win it by half a lap. So um, that'll be a good qualifying session to watch and then uh, have an early night Sunday night, which is outstanding. And Mark, meanwhile, can not watch it in peak Grand Prix viewing time in the afternoon over mm. there in Germany. So good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from F1s, we no need to talk about that because we know what's going to happen. Uh, what's happened over in the States this week, Mark? Uh, Watkins Glen, bit of a snoozer. Like Indy last mm. week, there was only one caution during the race, and that was Chase Elliott, who ran out of gas. He was needing a win to get in and absolutely blew it. So two consecutive races with single cautions, and the last that time that happened was 1972. It's not good So. That's not good enough. Um, unlike last week, there's no real championship implications, though. Willie Byron won from Danny Hamlin. Uh, next week is the season finale, the regular season finale at Daytona, which is going to be broadcast in Australia Sunday morning, about 8.30 a.m. on the Fox Sports and KOs. Um, Martin Trokes Jr., James Small, his Aussie crew chief, they're looking pretty good to win the bonus points for the minor championship. Um Bubba Wallace currently in on points, but there's 17 drivers who are looking to win their way in, which is exactly what happened last year with Austin mm. Austin uh, Dillon. So mm. anything can happen. It's Daytona. Yeah, That's the yeah. the beauty of that is that any one of those 17 guys can absolutely win. So and, uh, and will fence somebody watching. to do so. Oh, they'll fence their own grandma. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I look forward to that. Good prime time uh, Aussie viewing there. Uh, same could be said for the IndyCar series, which races under lights at Gateway, which will be good. And they're throwing the soft tyre, option tyre at it as well. So they'll actually have option tyres for the first time uh, on an IndyCar oval race, which is interesting. So that will throw some strategic uh, differences in there. Gateway, Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, the crossroads of America over there in uh, St. Louis. So looking forward to that race. It'll be interesting with uh, that championship very much going the way of Alex Pillow at the moment, but a uh, few people need to win. I, I love that size oval for Indy cars. It's you know, perfect. You get, yeah, one, one you get those mile. bigger ovals and they go stupid and it's dangerous and it's mm. not enjoyable to watch, but that sort of size oval, you get a really good race, but uh, yeah. at the same time, it's not ridiculous. Well, it's like a straight race, but with four corners. Yep. And even with the option tyre, it's even better. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. Be a good race. See how Scotty goes. And uh, Hunter McElroy, by the way, uh, now second in the Indy Next Championship 
and uh, very much on the charge there. He's made up, he's halved the championship lead in the last race alone as Hunter. So uh, we might, he's due for a chat on the show at some point, but um, yeah, interesting things going on in Hunter's world. Hopefully we'll, we'll get him on the show and have a little bit of a chat about where his discussions are for, uh, for 2024, because uh, it looks very interesting for that young man with potential to, uh, to do cool things. So that'd be and nice. If we can't get him, we'll get his dad. He'll tell us. No doubt. No, actually, probably won't. Probably get more out of Hunter, to be brutally honest with you. <laughs> All righty. Hots and Knots, brought to you by no one in particular. No, if you'd like to sponsor the Power Rankings, both here and on the website, please give me a call. Um, I'll kick things Zero off. Zero four. No, let's <laughs> just race at the racetalk.com gets to me. Um, hot country race meetings. In the absence of Winton, uh, Supercars Heartland, which is the countryside, uh, has missed out on a round, on a, a marquee round. But I think on the weekend, after five years, the bend is now the, the country round for supercars. It's the rural round. It's the round where people go and camp and the event reported record camping sales on the weekend. They hope to open up new sites, which they hadn't planned to do, which was excellent. Um, and those events, you remember a couple of years ago when Winton was really struggling and it dropped off the calendar and it moved dates every year. And the, yeah. the Benella Auto Club was smart because what they did was they went to their core, they went to their base and they built the camping and they made their camping the massive USP of that event. And it worked. It worked really well. And as a result, Winton's crowds went back up and it had a really good vibe. And the same can be said for the Ben. They've worked very hard on that. Camping was sold out months ago in the main slots. As I said, they had to open up more. So I think that's a hot. I think it's disappointing that that event is always on the fringe of being off the calendar because I think supercars needs a country round and I think they should do more to play it up. I, I just, it's the heartland of the sport. We don't go to Winton anymore. Taylor men's the next thing. And it has the added benefit of not being two hours up the world's most boring motorway, the Hume. So uh, I think that's a hot, I get that. I like it. Uh, hot to people who give locations a shot before rubbishing them. So a lot of people go, oh, it's Murray Bridge, it's rubbish. Oh, it's Taylor Ben. There's great places to eat in Murray Bridge. How good's the Swanport Hotel, by the way, Mark Walker? Good pub, well, right? Well, I wouldn't know because I kept eating the same thing every night. Well, I mean, did. it might be rubbish, but I just kept eating the same penne ragu, which was brilliant. Exactly. Mm. Terrific service. The 1924 Steakhouse. Down by the river, sensational. Who yeah. knew all that was in Murray Bridge? But it is. So well done, people who actually get out and give uh, these locations a shot. That's what these events are about, stimulating the local economies. Good stuff. Uh, hot to our good friend Matt Nolte for a weekend of banter. Uh, we mm. were not tempted into the spa at any point, but that became the that being Matt Nolte's house, not the spa, became the temporary home of Team TRT over the weekend, 15 minutes from the circuit, and uh, excellent hospitality and many, many, many Simpsons memes. So thank you to Matthew Nolte for that very much. No. Look, it didn't muck around on the quality there, did you, Richard? Did not muck around on the quality there at all, Mark. You are completely correct. Uh, I'm going to give an overly optimistic, I'm a glass half full kind of guy hot to TV ratings. <laughs> so the numbers from Tail and Bend weren't spectacular. 
let's be honest, Fox Fox Sports only on a weekend dominated by football and pretty key football weekend for both NRL and AFL as well. However, context is everything. And we're up against the two behemoths of Australian sport in NRL and AFL. So on Saturday, 19 of the top 20 shows on Foxtel on pay TV in Australia were football, either NRL or AFL or their pre and post game shows. The only other thing that looked in was the supercars race. So Overall, the number not brilliant, but in context against our rivals' sports, good stuff. Uh, on Sunday, 18 of the top 20 shows on Fox were live sport. Uh, five of those 18 were supercars. The others were NRL or AFL. The other two were the show Outsiders on Sky News. So the numbers weren't particularly brilliant from the weekend, and there's no hiding from that. However... Uh, it does prove that behind the NRL and the AFL, that's what people are watching on pay TV at the moment. So not a terrible thing in the context against the behemoths of uh, Aussie sport and TV. Uh, my final hot, the run home. If you're a motorsport fan, the next couple of months are going to be excellent value for you. So right now we go weekend off, weekend off. Then it's Sandown Speed Series, Sandown 500. Weekend off, weekend off. Bathurst 1000, the greatest car race in the world. Uh, Taylor and Ben Shannon's Trophy Series week off Gold Coast 500, arguably one of the greater events on the calendar. Uh, TCR World Tour Sydney the week after that, the week after that, the Super Chip Auto Bathurst International week off Velo Adelaide 500, two weeks later is Christmas. Not a bad run home, is it, if you're a car racing fan? So that's got to get a hot for what's to come across September, October, November from uh, this point onwards. I can feel another car being put in your garage. After the next three months. Why? A lot of work. Oh, yes. Yes, but no no opportunity to drive at Chebex. No, so, no, that's um... true. No. <laughs> uh, it's big. I really want to run a knot off the back of your hot. No, but, but I know you, it's early. That's not how it works, though. I know. I know. Mm. Oh, I'll hold on to it then. Uh, my hot is Craig Lowndes. Okay. How good is this bloke to still be able to sign a contract for another three years? And how good is it for Triple Eight to know that they have this guy as the face of their wildcard uh, situation? So they've got, of course, Super Cheap Auto, a part of it for this year. And I presume there's probably still a, a, a contract maybe even for next year for that. But at least if you're going to look for a sponsor for this wildcard program, which is extremely important to pay the bills, you've got the face of Australian motor racing with a big smile across it. And you can sell this bloke as being the leader of your team. But what company would not want to be involved? Hot, hot, hot all the way. Well, and Super Cheap have re-signed with Triple Eight. That was announced last week. So they're locked in. Beautiful. Good hot. Okay. Yeah. I was worried. I was worried Lounsey was battling because he went and had dinner with us. So I thought it might be be a bit of a struggle. I thought he was having a tough time of it, but it's good to see that. Did he shout? No. 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 We were fighting to pay for him. How's that? He's a good bloke, though, isn't he? Like, and yeah. posing, even you, you don't get the celebrity of someone until you get approached lining up to make your food order at the bar. And that's what happened. Lowndes, his little fan, came up and said, Mr. Lowndes can I have a photo, which was lovely. It was, And he was more than obliging, as you would expect. That's that's fantastic. Can I, can I give you an example of what a good bloke is to me? And I get fortunate enough that I get to know, I, I do know a lot of sports, whether they be AFL or... You're kind of a big deal, Shebex. It's fine. Well, no, I'm not. but I don't, And I don't think that I am. But when you're walking down a hallway or somewhere and a guy like Craig Lowndes actually sees you hmm. and says, G'day, Tone. 
and you know that you're actually he knows your name and you know that you know life's pretty good if that's the case and that's a good bloke he doesn't yeah. have to say hello to me but he does when it happens and it's just bloody marvelous we had dinner with him it was good right. there's one bloke that doesn't um, say hello to me but i won't Mention him. Is it the person you beeped out of last week's show? (laughs) We heard that, by the way. (laughs) And did anyone guess it on the socials? No, they did not. Um, Hot, because he's desperately short on miles, Shane Van Gisbergen is running the Brabham BT 62 next month's South Island Endurance Series in New Zealand. Is that before or after he does the rally? (laughs) I think it's after. So, um, I, I mean... We're running rumor file stories last week about the Shahin's buying the series. How about we start one here? I heard he likes driving Ubers on the sides just to get miles mm-hmm. up. Just mm-hmm. a bit of side cash. It's good. Get on your Shane. Uh, <laughs> this week, knocking our star athlete Shane Fowler off the rankings. Sorry, Shane. It's Macaulay Jones and his special livery from oh, the bend. Yeah, the garish teenage mutant ninja turtles livery. Big throwback vibes to that Pizza Hut meal I had a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic. Both One of the better deliveries of all time. Oh, mm. How's the race suit and the helmet yep. set up? That was yep. pretty can special. I, can I give you a little insight into how significant that was? Now, Neil, Neil Crompton plays the game extremely well when he gets excited about things, but he was genuinely pumped about that livery. So you know something's pretty significant when yeah. NC, like, it actually actually Resonates. gets him fired up. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, it, it's it's a smart play by Pizza. I mean, oh, so Mac didn't do anything on the weekend, but every time that card rolled past, I took a photo of it. But mm. that's the that's the things you've got to do in this game to get eyeballs to what you're doing is mm. go out there and do these special promotions and whatnot because they're going to click. And that would have absolutely clicked off the charts for yep. Pizza Hut in a yep. in a week of not much news. So good work. Uh, P.S. Michelangelo was my favourite. Well, who was your favourite? Uh, um, I was I was a Donatello. I was a rat man. Oh, I was right a I, You were the bad yeah. well, that Actually, that makes No, sense no, no. He was the boss. The, the rat man was the boss. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was yeah. the... Uh, yeah, that, that also... Do as I say, not what I do. Yeah, that also adds up. <laughs> um, Probably the highlight from the NASCAR weekend was the Nationwide Series at Watkins Glen there, where they had a restart with the entire field sprayed into the outfield, mm. which was just... Literally, there was no one left on track. It was fantastic um yeah no track limits in nascar so long as you don't hit the fence so um keep that in mind if you're going to go and race in nascar next year um i really like the walk of honor through the welcome center they did on the weekend for the supercars podium winners to the podium which was out in the punterville sort of in the town square center there it was really well done uh i think they need to promote that a bit better next year and fit a few more thousand people in there because it was a really cool atmosphere and Mm. All the drivers got to high-five all the kids as they walked through, which was uh, pretty cool. And finally, from the hots for me this week, uh, you might recall last week I hotted the motor car at Pakenham. Mm. Well, yes. I think I figured out why it was so enjoyable, because apparently I was just bloody quick. Driving <laughs> mum's mum shopping trolley. Listen, listen to me here. I was driving mum's shopping trolley, and apparently I won Class C for the big two-wheel drive cars such as the Ford Focus and allegedly I was fourth overall. Well done. And, um, Outstanding. Side hot goes to Brobber in corruption. So uh, <laughs> keep that in mind, kids. Ryan Wilkinshaw, uh, we know there's a spot open. Well. Not far from Berwick. 
I'm considering turning pro. I don't know where that would lead me, but um, what's the pro scene any... in motor kind of like? like? I mean, commercially, how does it is it is it good commercially? Uh, you With might get some 10, from 20 the bucks. Mm. Yeah, 10, 20 bucks. That'd be pretty handy, actually. Bit, a bit of discount at the, the, at the club canteen would be okay, though. Like, you'd take that, wouldn't you? That's all right. I'm the secretary. I just help myself. So that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, hang on. The bribery and corruption. Bribery yes, and corruption. yes. <laughs> Remember your end yes. goal. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Keep it quiet. Uh, like, grassroots motorsport. Go and do it. You'll love it. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Uh, not... Uh, Fox only TV weekends when footy's at its peak, you get smashed. Simple as that. Uh, especially in South Australia when the biggest uh, AFL rort of the last 12 months occurs and the Crows have robbed a sure victory mm-hmm. and a final mm-hmm. spot uh, and the Adelaide media goes mental and oh, your God. sport gets no no love. So you work out where you stand in the pecking order in the media when you're up against some proper Aussie rules Barney yeah. in a proper Aussie rules state. There would, and then there probably hasn't been anything else nah, in Adelaide other than that. Nah, bugger all uh, for the last week. So that's uh, that's not fantastic. Uh, not um, the run home from now to December, and I just want to reiterate. The run home for now, <laughs> week off, week off, Sandown Speed Series, Sandown 500, week off, week off, Bathurst 1000, you know, the, one of the greatest car races of all time, Taylorman Trophy Series, week off, Gold Coast, arguably one of the great supercars races, uh, TCR World Tour, Sydney, Super Cheap Auto Bathurst International, week off, Velo Adelaide 500 to end it the first week of- Two weeks to Christmas. Uh, whenever it is, in, all late November. Um, it's bloody terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, daunting significantly large uh so that it's if you work in the sport uh if you're a mechanic if you work in the media um just tighten the old seat belts hang on for the ride um grease yourself up because she's going to be uh she's going to be pretty grease yourself up. <laughs> well, Wrap yourself on whatever <laughs> wow whatever helps you get through to the end um will be uh important what car uh, are you buying hey what car are you buying? I'm not buying a car. Why have you got this in your mind that I'm buying oh, a car? Because it's a busy period. Oh, why what would I need to do? buy a car, Shebex? Well, what else are you going to do with your money? Well, I've got a mortgage and nephews oh, okay. and Christmas is just around the corner. And that's, that's really cool. expensive at the moment, apparently. Um, beer doesn't buy itself. No, no and no, exactly, exactly right. Hello to my friends at Ministry of Beer and Reckless Brewing. Um, uh, not goes to supercars on track. PA commentary uh, on Fridays, especially when there's no broadcast at the event, it's a bit half-assed and I don't think the information gets c- conveyed and things like what Mark's talking about, which was outstanding, like getting people into the welcome center. It just doesn't work really well when you've got uh, one or two PA announcers in there trying to jump over the Fox sports commentary. So, that doesn't work. Um, the final thing, and Shebex, you've got the audio lined up uh, to push play on. The final knot and push play is me. Jackson this year, if he's done one thing, it's been massively consistent in every race. He knows he doesn't need to throw it down the inside. He'll still just lead the championship. Smart Racing is going to win you a Burra Cup title this year. I say that, but he goes. He goes down the inside and he spins. Oh, Jackson. All season long, mistake free, and in the final lap at the bend, he chucks it away and keeps
Callum Hedge is going to get the race win and he's going to get the championship lead. That was the <laughs> last lap of the last Carrera Cup race of the weekend mm. and uh, me giving young bloke a wrap. And next minute, he goes and unwraps himself. You just give him a wrap. A big, big knot. That is yeah. a huge knot. I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at Jackson. I'm angry at the world. Um, so what's his fault, Mark? Hold you. Hard yeah. knot. I'm nodding myself. I don't know if we've ever... I don't know if there's been a, a nomin- personal nomination for a knot or a hot. Oh, no, actually, Mark, you just hotted yourself for your... Motocana stuff. So that's you quite... you haven't heard my my last knot from this list. So okay. uh, we'll just uh, hold on to that. All well, right, we'll finish up with that. Let me do my first. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, my knot is off your hot and your knot now. It would seem uh, Channel Seven, who also co-own the rights to supercars racing with Fox Sports. Fair income. If you're going to be serious, you do not show a replay of the bend at one o'clock in the freaking morning. Pull your head in. Put it on one of your many channels. And show it at a decent time. That's one deal. o'clock in the morning for one of your main sporting products. Come on, get serious. Also, get serious, the Victorian government. Why are we wasting $300 million on a new track at Avalon when we could be pumping $50 million into Calder and making it exactly the same spec, if not better, because the foundations are already there? I understand that there's jobs for mates and there's money for boys and all that sort of stuff. And I understand that... Money for boys. Well, <laughs> wow, I that mean, just went to a mates, new level. I hope you can maybe they go the right way. Mates get favours in politics. Right. I understand that. Okay, okay, and maybe this mate who owns a couple of uh, big pieces of land—one down at Phillip Island and one down at Avalon—maybe uh-huh. being looked after in this situation. But seriously, for we've lost the Commonwealth Games due to the fact that it was going to be a massive overspend. It's cost us three hundred and $80 million due to that fact. And now we're putting up our hand to say we want the World Cup here in Melbourne at the MCG. Well, you can't have it both ways, Dan. We're either broke and we don't have money to do anything, or we've got money and let's spend it. So if we're broke, let's cut our losses. Don't spend $300 million. $50 million at quarter gives you the same product. Just do it. It makes sense. Here's another solution that's going to cost you nothing. When you build up the Australian Grand Prix next year, don't take it down. <laughs> I'm happy with that. That's all right. Albert Park's are useless at every other time of the year, so why not? At least if you're going for a walk along the lake, you'd have somewhere to sit to read a book if you wanted to do that. How good would a grandstand actually? How good would a speed series round be there? It'd be great. Hyundai XL. I was just thinking the same thing. Can you imagine how hectic that racing would be? I'd like to see Formula (laughs) Fours on the Grand Prix track. Yeah. Hyundai XL would be on the gas from turn three yep. to yeah. you the end be of the back straight, whatever that is. 10, yeah, 11. Was, yeah, 11. That it was the reason live. the celebrity race doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, that and the threat of death, but, you know. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm better go check my front door and see if anyone's out there waiting to take me out. Mark, it's all yours. <laughs> Rightly so. Um, broad sweeping knot this week, is it? What's the latest gen? Is it Gen Z or Zoomers or what are they? I don't mm. know. I think I'm Gen X, X aren't they? No, sure. they're Y. Mm. Oh, I don't are they Z? Don't know. Z. I think they're Z. Uh, watched a few of them there at their first day of work at the bend on the weekend. And uh, boy, life has not done them any favours at all with the <laughs> social interactions or how they should probably <laughs> carry themselves in their first day of work. So 
I think it's more a, a not for society there for not looking after our youngsters and preparing them for life in the real world. So mm. um, there. And on um, customer service from the weekend, on any given morning at the coffee shop there in the uh, welcome center, there's just this massive lineup of the who's who of supercars, which is great if you want to go and have a coffee with the who's who of supercars. That's fine. Um, people need their beans. It's a thing that has to mm. happen. But it points to the stupidity of the current cost coverings cost-saving regime and supercars. You know, the trucks rolled in on Wednesdays. The teams were all there unpacking at lunchtime Thursday. The cars finally hit the track at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Mm. How stupid. But we had to save money by getting rid of the catering tents, which was the one little bit of normality that all these crew guys had in their lives. You know, they could have some decent meals. They got looked after. They wound up working till midnight, but at least they had a full belly and some good food and food of their choice, and they could go and get a coffee whenever they want. But instead, we're burning through the road crews for no good reason. And I think that's absolute rubbish. So I think we should be better than that. Very good. Or, or we all just go Porsche racing and sit in their corporate suite. Yep. We could put a, we can put a, I've checked, we can put a second story on. So right. we can, we can go up if wow. we need to cater for more. So we can currently cater for 180 people. We can go up. That's we, we could cater for 400. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and it was it was a pretty big revelation there because that was front and center of the whole paddock there as we Normally the yes. Porsche center sort of hiding out in the side, but yeah, no. there were all these poor suckers paying five dollars fifty for a coffee, and they had to walk past the yep. Porsche truck to with their yep. coffee. In new, there. new regime, Mark. New yeah, regime. That's how we roll. Been done right. different nowadays. That's how we roll. Right, good. Be better motorsport. Um, <laughs> after hotting the call to park photography last week, I have to give a whack to the photography at the bend. It was pretty average. Yeah, every corner is the same. Racetrack, green grass, grey sky, bugger all anything of interest. You're 500 metres back from the track, so the car's a little dot. There's bloody pointless catch. It is pointless catch fence in so many yeah. spots around the track. <laughs> what are you doing? <sighs> the, the fence is a thousand miles away from the racetrack. There's nothing going to... There was one space there out in the wilderness of the 7.5K track where they've put catch fence up between two bits of track that there's no spectators either side. If the car launches over the fence, it's still got another 500 metres travel to the <laughs> racetrack on the other side. Whoever made them sign off on all that catch fence, it, there must have been a level of bribery and corruption there. So, Hello, I, Paris. This is Mark calling. Am I right uh, that the only place really to shoot anything at Tail and Bend is between turns two and five? No. Oh, and even then, you're a million miles away from the right. You can go and take photos anywhere, but it's not it's not inspiring. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it must be it. A brilliant track to drive. Rich, you've gone around it and mm. talking to a few guys on the weekend, people have driven there. It, it looks spectacular, but uh, from the from the bleachers, it's a, a bit of hard work. I think the best place to spectate is level four of the Welcome Centre, but you couldn't get there on the weekend. So, yeah. And um, the final note from me this week is me, and it actually relates to the photography at the Bend. And, you know, I've been there a few times previously to have a gander in the gift shop, but uh, the first time they're taking pics. And there was a red flag in one of the Toyota 86 sessions on Friday, and I was at the second last corner. And, you know, in an effort to mix things up, I thought I'd just hightail it over to the next part of the racetrack and uh, get some different photos from there. You know, it wound up being the same anyway, but whatever. <laughs> there were a few campers milled around there, so I thought, oh, this must be the spot. And the, the cars came out, and... They frankly just took forever to come back past. And the first clue should have been that the track in front of me was a bit overgrown. 
And then the penny dropped when I figured I was on a completely separate racetrack. I wasn't at the correct racetrack <laughs> at the time. I was somewhere over on the backside of the seven and a half. Well, as I tell photographers when they sign into a media center I'm running, always take a copy of the photography map with you so you know where that you're at. Was. They didn't give us one on the weekend. They Easily downloadable from the website. Just a map. Yeah, you can photo yeah, map. Anyways, it would have would have been pretty funny, but... Um, Good job. Yeah. Me, not. The first episode ever that we've had two co-hosts hot and not themselves. Well, I haven't hot. I didn't hot myself. Well, you didn't hot yourself. No, but you nodded yourself and Mm. the other bloke did a hot and a not. Never happened before. Will Mm. never happen again. Are you saying I'm I'm never going to go any good in a motor car ever again, Tony? (laughs) (laughs) Wait wait to see if he actually wins the bloody thing. Good God, it'll headline the show. I hope you do. How about uh, that it. Bathurst 1000? Yeah, it was epic, but I won the Motocana on the weekend, so let's talk about that. that. That'll be amazing. That is all she wrote. Enjoy uh, Germany, my friend. We'll talk to you from there next week, where the internet seems to be perfect. It's better than Berwick. Better than, it's much better than Berwick. <laughs> <laughs> stay here for podcasting. Those reasons. Europeans have got their you-know-what together, don't oh, they? Have they mm. not? Richard, catch you later. Yep, you probably will. And we'll catch you later too, right here on The Grid.